Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, who, inspired by Aston Villa's Zimbabwean midfielder, Marvellous Nakamba, has changed his name to Luxurious Gledall. How are you doing today, Luxurious? I'm uh, feeling spiffing and marvellous. <laughs> Excellent. You know, sometimes you, you have a word that you know the word but you never really checked out what it means um mm. so at first when i'd written that intro i'd put you down as lugubrious gledall but that might have been a bit too close to home because that's someone with with a, a sad or um or down demeanor so after most of the the sort of last few weeks of performances that would have been a bit too on the nose i think but luxurious luxurious gledall suits you um, to a tea. my mum always talks about the word is it is enervating. Enervating. Enervating, which is a word that's kind of like that, and it sounds like it's invigorating, and it's actually the opposite. It actually sounds like something that actually drains you. Ah. So it's something along those lines, anyway. I also, uh, while we're talking about words, you know when you forget a word and you can't remember what it is? I've just remembered talismanic. Oh, yes. Which is a brilliant term as well, which I'll probably end up trying to use in this uh, podcast as well at some point. Um, but um, I also, it's hilarious when you can't remember a word and you think, is it polemic? Is it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, innovate, of, or... innovate is, a, is a word to make someone feel drained of energy or vitality. But it sounds like the opposite. It does. It does. Well, I thought lugubrious, I sort of thought, um, would be like a, a synonym for like suave or you know i could sort of imagine lugubrious kind of a lounge lizard guy mm. you know a bit of a ladies man probably in a smoking jacket uh, cancelled by the me too movement you know that's that's what i imagine a lugubrious guy to be like but apparently no that would be someone that would probably more likely stay at home and uh say awful things on the internet about somebody so there you go you, you know Spe- learn speaking of saying awful things about people on the internet let's go straight into different gravy episode 33 here we are um in terms of breaking news nothing much this week really uh, you know some echoes of previous bits that we've we've covered um we we sort of had the comment from um westwood saying that he understood the decision that was made um and hadn't fallen out with anyone mm. which I don't know where that leaves us, really, in this ongoing. It's um, that was a really strange thing, you know that that whole kind of Twitter press release, uh, missive, yeah. um, kind of real plea for you know some Please kind like of me. concepts and talking about protecting you know mental health and being aware and being concerned, which is mm. is um, it's just very interesting to kind of hear kind of come out it's not that he doesn't have a point no not not at all i just i'm unsure i'm a little bit unsure about i don't know i don't really know what's going on to be honest with you i don't think and the tenor i I don't know if we'll ever know the full truth and i mean obviously with this everything is purely just down to a series of opinions and you know obviously there's two sides to every story and uh truth probably lies somewhere in the middle Luke, I, I've heard tell that there's three. Your side, my side, and the truth. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but Richard yeah. Miller, dressing room adjudicator. <laughs> Judge Rich is now in <laughs> session. All rise. <laughs> so the first... Sorry, we had the picture of two um, sort of screen grabs of text. And the first one was, you know, him sort of saying, like, 
you know, there's lots of stuff online. I want to come out and just put some rumors to bed. And he's, he's, you know, he's basically saying that like, I'm too old to fall out with people. I understand the decision was made and so we sort of shook hands on it. But then the second one is all about, makes it sound very much like he's kind of finished at the club. Mm. You know, it's a lot, it's a kind of retrospective of six years at this wonderful club. I reflect on yeah. like, you were great. So that's weird from a guy that's got another year on his contract. Yeah. And is that, you know, and again, you know, I, I really hate to kind of throw a kind of grain of sand of doubt in the entire machine of what's kind of been, of what's he's saying. I mean, it is very, I'm sure he has real feelings that are true and there within that kind of tweet and that kind of screen grabs release. Yes. Um, but I, I kind of want to say, like, what do I want to say, Rich? Oh, God, this is so difficult. Um, like, that also, I mean, this is something that's put out to, there's a degree of also, hey, I want to speak my mind and get my words out and heed him, him, him my words, people. You know, here's all the things I want to say. But there's yeah. also a degree of it being like PR and it yes. being put out for a certain reason as well. And do you think that maybe that could be... That might be something along the lines of, hey, club, let's come to an agreement to mutually um, let me, let let me, me go, to the sunset, you know, yeah. terminate my contracts, let's rip it up. Maybe, maybe, yeah, it's um, it's a strange one. I mean, and to be fair to Westwood, you know, if it is a falling out with Monk, Monk is, has got a, a mouthpiece in the local press and, and the club's official channels that he basically goes unchallenged on sometimes twice a week. Uh, uh, pre-match comments and obviously the post-match comments as well i don't know how expressly sort of monk has actually talked about the the issue um because again this week again to muddy the water even further there was some talk that maybe these guys were were injured or you know monk was sort of touching on that um it's just all very muddy isn't it and uh, unfortunately the, the chances are we'll never find out exactly what's what's gone on i guess the interesting thing for me is yeah there's that as well you know i I remember when you know when i was um in your fair island of um the united kingdom you know alongside you me and you to go to games and i would you know i was in sheffield my my hometown and living there before i decided to uh drop everything and move to canada like i'm now when i was there i'd often just kind of really just absorb everything wednesday related yeah. as much as i could and i'd listen to things like football heaven and it was interesting because i did remember times of like underneath you know and the, the people who were involved then people like paul walker seth bennett and andy giddings who uh seems to uh seems to be still doing his life sentence on football heaven while the others have moved on and you know it was very apparent and a lot of people would talk about how the fact that like they had relationships with local managers right yeah and some of them seemed to go very well and i remember in certain times you know looking at this from a very wednesday bias but looking back there there were definitely probably some poorer relations with some managers above others and better relations with some managers above others. And I remember sometimes with some Wednesday managers, they came out and very much, very directly kind of questioned yeah. some of the managers. And we don't think we get that anymore. I don't know if it's been a change in personnel or a change in kind of management or comments between, you know, the club and the BBC. <laughs> but 
it's interesting you bring that up because I'm thinking we haven't really had Monk challenged by the press. I wonder if actually the local media is much more expendable than they were. You know, it was easier mm. to, you know, if you if you didn't talk to the BBC 10, even 10 years ago, a lot of the fans just wouldn't hear from you or talk to the BBC or the, or the you know, or the other sort of local press. Whereas now I think with social media, the internet, mm. a football club could never officially speak to another media outlet and they'd still be mm-hmm. able to talk to the fans and mm-hmm. then the, the local media would just be at left sort of picking up what they could from those scraps so i do mm. i do think they've had to sort of defer much more to you know being pally with the managers and not and not challenging them um same with the chair because yeah. there was definitely times where under previous chairman there was some serious questions asked as well we, rem- we all remember uh Mandarich on his uh underwater phone on football heaven from time to time Mm. um we've not had to hear from chinseri in the same way and we've also not been able to hear from chinseri in the same way so yeah i think i just think the the media landscape has shifted so much we're never going to be in that position where they're going to feel able they just feel too frightened i think to to challenge things because it would be nice to have certain questions asked. Uh, it and would, to... and it would. And I mean, we, you know, which we're obviously just fans. And, you know, I was thinking, and probably something we is a big theme of any fan podcast is, and I, I thought about this in different industries that I've worked in. You know, I, I worked for... Um, I worked for one company in my kind of professional career where I kind of made the observation that basically there are a lot of people who are very close to a process and have seen a lot. So they know a lot. They feel like they know a lot, Mm. but ultimately they're not the people who are directly involved. So in effect, they don't actually know as much as they think they do. Yeah. And, I think that's kind of relevant to us as fans is that we're never, we think we probably, we think we have a right to be as close as we can to the dressing room, but obviously there's still a very big distance and things in between. I think it's just, especially right now, we're trying to think, you know, what the hell is going wrong? What the hell is going wrong at the football club? Mm. And, you know, I mean, every, sorry. Sorry, go on. Every fan will think this, and every fan will think this of a team that's struggling and doing badly. It's like people are getting paid handsome wages. What is what is the point that's falling? What is the point that's not working? You know, what is falling apart? So, but I I don't know that knowing the situation would make that any better. The problem at the moment is results. You know, when you're winning, oh, yeah. there's yeah. a nobody. T- there's a thing like people. No, nobody talks about a manager losing the dressing room when their team's winning but we all talk about it when they start to lose and nobody talks about team spirit particularly when a team's winning handsomely but it, it's all the you know it's all the talk when it when when they're in the middle of losing so i i sort of think more than anything at the moment our problem is just we're in terrible terrible form There's i some know questions i know and i, that, I but get that it's i get that because i think you've raised the point you, you know you've raised the point pretty much last night on you know, when we were on Love Sport Radio, you know, Monk may have some very good ideas, but the time to kind of manufacture that and give him the time to to make that and to make those changes in the dressing room, we may never see because we're not getting the res- he's not getting the results to afford yeah. him the time. Um, the thing That's I want to go back he- and say about the thing, I, the last thing I want to say yeah, about Kieran okay, Westwood. Um, I was really surprised by the follow-up tweet in which he did a a change rendition of All Rise by Blue. You know, him buying the piano. I thought that was very strange. (laughs) What did you think of that, Rick? Um, that was very strange. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one for the money and the free rides. It's two for the lies that you denied. All right. 
Uh, maybe it's just an audition, you know. Maybe just take it at face value. He wants to replace Duncan from Blue. I would like to see a boy band made up of golfers. <laughs> I really do. That's something I, I want to do. And um, maybe so, one of my after-match thoughts I'll just share now, just because it's kind of on point, was <laughs> I I enjoyed uh, the end the footage at the end of the game, seeing uh, Nicky Weaver greet Lee Camp. And, that, you know, I think they're both card-carrying members of the Greasy Goalkeeper Union. <laughs> Oh dear! Goalkeeper. Well, I... uh, the other, the 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 subtitle is goalkeepers who enjoy a greasy, greasy bacon butty. <laughs> the, the Tubby Goalkeepers Club. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love it to. It would be so. So yeah. your normal makeup of a boy band. You've got the cute one. You know, <laughs> yeah. kind of slightly asexual. I'm thinking maybe Joe Hart. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- I think a wild, you know, you always need a wild card. So Stephen Bywater would be good for that. You know, you never know what he's going to do next. Everyone's everyone's sat in their chairs and they're going to stand up at that bit in the when they when they reach the second chorus. Bywater, who knows what he's going to do? He might eat the chair. I think even the press where it's like everyone's going like every week's like uh, Bywater's going to go solo and everyone else goes. <laughs> yes. This happens every week. He's Bywater's got... always going solo. He's got that star quality. He's, he's that Robbie William type of wildcard, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, right. We should talk about today's football match, shouldn't we? I guess we should, yeah. So, um, we, you know, we, we pitched up St. Andrews. Uh, what did you make of today's uh, starting lineup, Luke? Um, I do also want to say about St. Andrews. Um, do you ever sometimes think about uh, golf? And then I think maybe... Oh, yes. Maybe I actually if the players went out and played a, a round of crazy golf on the pitch at St Andrews it'd be <laughs> maybe the most exciting thing about Birmingham's uh, Birmingham City Football Club because I find them an atrociously depressing football club like I you know I, I often talk about how the fact there's like uh, I think Katie Melia sang there are four million football clubs in London <laughs> and um, and what are there in like the in the West Midlands? It feels like there's like twelve, yeah. and Birmingham yeah. are just like the last of them. I'm like, what is the point? Seriously, they're the, yeah, they're the sort of least storied, least glamorous, most depressing of a of a bunch of fairly un- unexciting clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I share that, and actually, um, our midweek opponents this week, Charlton, are sort of in that group as well. I hate Charlton, and I don't really know why. <laughs> Um, I think we had those couple of years where we were kind of bumping around the lower leagues and came up to the championship together. Uh, they were kind of, they were the better team, actually, really, out of the two of us for a long, long time. But yeah, just sort of, again, do they need to exist? Why do they exist? Isn't there there's enough? Some real, uh, there's, some real Bo, there's some real Bo Bellens, aren't they, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, we won't get on to Charlton now. So anyway, sorry, Birmingham lineup. So despite the fact that they weren't playing, um, there weren't any tilting at windmills on the pitch at St. Andrews, um, the Birmingham lineup. Um, this was, I've kind of recently been, I don't know whether sacking Monk is the right thing, but recently I've been maybe entertaining it a lot more than I haven't been entertaining it previously. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And kind of looking at this lineup it's interesting because we can have like a big chat about formation because this is um as listeners of the show will know this is a big thing i have a big uh, a big luke boner for 
is talking about formations. Um, and, you know, previously, the interesting thing I kind of want to say was, and we can get into how this kind of panned out later in talking about the game, mm. but I've said previously, when we've had this lack of attacking options, when we've had these real um, these real statuesque, but not statue of David type strikers, in, you know, in the fact that they're so immobile in Winall Roads and... I'm I'm struggling. Who else do we have up front? Who's not very good? New you, new you, a big Atty, new you, big Dave. Um, these players who just don't have any great mobility. It's far more promising to go with a four six zero and have these common because I don't see Forestieri as a striker. Um, no. But I still looked at it today, and you know, you mentioned this previously when we talked about this. When I said maybe we should do four six zero, and you said yes, Luke. But the fans will never live it down mm. because not having one recognised striker on the pitch is something that really um, it's it really baits the fan base. Yeah, yeah often seen as kind of waving it's, white flag before a ball has been kicked. The fans, the fans are cartoon mice, and this is a little. Delicious piece of uh, stinky cheese on the mousetrap. Yes. You know, not seeing. So I still had that weird thing today of thinking that, like, you know, it's interesting. I, I actually thought it's maybe, and I, I often thought this during the days of Yos Lukai. Um, I actually made a comment that maybe I was actually kind of batting my eyes towards Yos Lukai's formation times after seeing some of the weird, savage dice rolls that. Um, <laughs> That Gary Monk's been playing on the the crap table of crap's table of Sheffield. No, Wednesday. I think crap table is right. Um, but crap yeah. table is kind of right as well. Um, <laughs> crap's is a dice game. Crap is Sheffield Wednesday at this point. <laughs> so it was the funny thing of basically, and we had three recognised strikers on the bench. Yes, including really part-time said. swimsuit model Josh Windus. <laughs> Just referring to a, an athletic article where um, his previous boss at Accrington Stanley clearly has one of those big Luke boners for Josh Windus and uh, yeah, described him as having the body of a swim swimwear model, which, um, oh, I can't wait to see it, Luke. Can you? I can't wait to see it either. I can't wait to see when he's... Um... I wonder if he's going to have this uh, Jason Statham-like career because Jason Statham started <laughs> off as a swimmer. So maybe maybe he'll be in the next Guy Ritchie film. Josh Windass in Megalodon 2. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so it's anyway. this weird double-edged sword of the fact that, like, you know, I like playing... I almost feel like this Wednesday team, I think the thing that Monk recognizes and he wants to address, which I think is good, is the fact that like the strikers that we typically have at the club are very static and we need players who are going to move and create movement going forward. So I like seeing more more kind of dynamic options up front and maybe that means playing more more kind of dynamic midfielders yeah and and that was the thing that i thought was good but on the flip side i i think almost like i i would have been a lot happier if we'd sacrificed one of the front three or maybe one of the more forward six in this midfield yeah for wickham for wickham knew you i think that'd probably make me much happier um it, it's just it's just so weird with what we're doing on the pitch and when how we line up is just bizarre i mean hopefully at some point it's 
you know, I, I'm just in the vain hope that something's going to pay off. And in some respects, it, it to to spoil what happened today, it, it kind of did. We'll get on to that. Um, the thing, I, another thing was, I'm still, I'm very much under the Rich Rich Miller banner of basically, I don't like, I don't like shoving I offer to write back to accommodate Lee's. Yeah. I really don't like, I don't understand why Monk is sticking with Lee's at this stage. That... Unless we get a centre-back injury. Um, so here's another interesting thing, actually. So Westwood and Hutchinson have been told to basically train with the under-23s, from what I understand. Mm, yeah. uh, also, David Bates. Right. David Bates, who we've seen once in a League Cup appearance. Was it away at Rotherham? I mean, I know it's a long journey to New York to go to Rotherham. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't think he was that jet lag still. So yeah, yeah. it's oh, very it strange. So the fact is basically like, we don't really have any other options no. outside of that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very, I, I don't know. I, I did today's most significant decision from Monk. Once, once we kicked off was, was that, so that halftime substitution who came on, who came off for Morgan Fox. Mm. Um, and who knows who knows i'm tempted to think once again sort of hindsight 2020 if we'd made the opposite change we probably would have won the game today but we can we'll get to that we'll get to that um so the starting lineup i, I was intrigued because as you say we, we've talked about you, uh, you you you're sort of um maybe even leaning towards a preference for just just playing all midfielders and not bothering with a striker um although that was prior to adding all those options up front so it's a bit yeah so that, that's the now you know and to i mean that's the thing free recognized strikes on the bench i do want to say that bench whew, Yes, that is uh, that is one hot bench. Although, I like believe, the, uh, like, Cop- I believe I'm getting the vapors, Rich. <laughs> you know. I do declare. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. That's um, okay. No, but the, like those cop benches. Um, the tricky thing is you can only bring three of them on. Do you know what I mean? I like know, it's, it's an exciting know. looking bench. But if we were in a position where we were bringing on all three of those striking mm. options. That would probably mean that the game had gone terribly for us, and we were sort of hounding after it to, to make something happen, uh, which didn't happen. It sort of bafflingly didn't happen. But uh, so to go through the, the game as it as it stood, um, yeah. So Forestier was kind of playing that kind of false nine role, and it felt like both wingers were really instructed to to get as far forward as possible, and really. Mm really stretch out the Birmingham defence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, th- I think, so I, I, I've I've criticised Forestieri uh, at times this season, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's been justified. But I think, I mean, he did about as well as you would, you would think uh, in terms of the aerial challenges. You know, he got no change and he was never going to, and we still played far too much straight down the middle. Yeah, though I, I did think, to maybe in his defence, I did like the... Um... I quite enjoyed the bits where the, the ball would kind of come up and it bounce. And then it, it also have a little bit of sneaky kind of little, you know, a little yeah. hit check of the Birmingham play that kind of just puts them off and then kind well, of gets I, some time and space. I think it's the best Forestieri has, certainly from a start, 
Oh, yeah. The best Forest oh, Elliot has played for a long, long time. As long as I can yeah. remember, really, to be honest. I thought his movement was really good, and he really made lots of space for... We saw Kieran Lee coming forward more. We saw Bannon coming forward mm. more. And we saw both those wingers given lots of opportunities to get at their fullback. And so I think Forestieri's done the best job of a lone front man since uh, Fletcher got injured. I think mm. it's the best anybody's done in that, in that role. There were still bits that didn't quite work and um, his yellow card was completely needless. But um, but yeah, I thought I thought just his, his movement really stretched them. Um, yeah, we, yeah. Several times we nearly made them pay for just leaving him one-on-one with a defender as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that, that one for me was one of the real highlights of the game. Um, so, but immediately we were off to a terrible start, and it felt like this could easily have got way, way out of hand. <laughs> I this was oh wow, and I've I've just recognised something that's gonna uh, indicate something a bit later on for me. Just, but it's it just I would. This is some of the worst defending defending from a set piece I've seen for Sheffield Wednesday for quite some time. Dreadful. I think it's. This is just the thing that just baffles me so much that like the thing that's frustrating me so much about Gary Monk's Sheffield Wednesday is I felt like Monk came in and I felt that with Gary Monk, we'd have someone who would be, you know, blood, guts and thunder and back to basics. Yeah. And defensively, it's just completely all out the window. I don't know where that's gone. I just, it's, it's miraculous. He's obsessed. Do you know one of the things this is, uh, we sort of touched on this uh we have touched on this several times and actually more often than not it's worked well for us but teams have figured out he's obsessed with having man-to-man marking he loves having defenders assigned to a man and following Mm. them all over the pitch so that's why you end up seeing you know the right back in the left back spot because he's following his winger there and you see i think i think uh burner and lee's uh, were both so often pulled into the channels by a man that neither of them have got pace to recover and get in. But I think the reason we let so many balls come through the middle, and that has become a huge weakness for us, just just playing a through ball through the middle is one of the e- one of the best ways to get a chance against us now. But it's because we're so obsessed with following a man. So a little bit of movement just leaves a huge gap because nobody's actually defending a space. Nobody's holding a position. They're all obsessed with you know holding on to somebody's coattails it's and as i say i think teams have started to play to it because you can overwhelm us just adding a third fourth man in there because bannon because lee because you know other people the midfielders are not following men uh you're just gonna get they're gonna be spaces it's gonna happen uh and it's hurting us again and again and the the corner was we nearly let in a goal from the first corner because they put in a rubbish corner that uh, kieran lee nearly scored (laughs) no goal from (laughs) immediately before they scored Mm. um so the, the the you know the writing was on the wall, but we didn't learn any lessons, and it was terrible defending from Murphy. Just kind of it was sticking a foot out. Oh, and I, but that's the funny thing. It's like, well, who? Why is if? But if if for the set pieces, where where is the you know where is the man marking? Like where is the man marking, and why is Murphy in the middle there? Well, he's marking uh, Delhi or whatever the the little midfielder was called they're all marking men that's why nobody right. goes to the ball what we should have is a free man so, in the middle or two to just attack the ball but by, by everybody man marking we sort of invite any bit, bit of sort of clever movement in preparation leaves us very open i mean that ball should just not be landing where it does it wasn't a good corner it was slow 
and it dropped in the middle of our box. That something is wrong if that happens. But I think it's it's because everybody's picking up a man rather than going, hold on, I could head this clear and make life easier for everybody. And I think we did do that second half, actually. So a lot of their set pieces we dealt with much more easily second half. So who was it who scored for Birmingham? Was it a Birmingham goal or was it an own goal? It was I an own goal. scored it. Because he was wrestling with his man and stuck his foot out and the ball bounced off his into the goal oh, i i don't know i just uh, yeah it's just i it was just such an impeccably poor goal to concede yeah really i just i cannot <clears throat> yeah i cannot get my head around it i really can't i don't know how much i don't know how much more huffing and uffing and jeffing and yeah. and ish and you know there's we're always very conscious of the fact that there's a lot of that within this podcast already <laughs> So anyway, the first goal was dire. Bridge of size. You know, I'm I'm staggered that this should be a hallmark of a Gary Monk side is that we defend. You know, we defend well, and it's poor. It's just, it's just. Do we? How, how do how do we regress even further? How do we look to regress even further? How do we go further back to basics than this? The only thing I want to say is, and then maybe that's kind of preempting and looking at that back four. But we, I think, in definitely defensively. I think going forward, this was, you know, really good, a really good performance with the attacking play. But from a defensive perspective, we need square pegs and square holes. Yeah, I think I think a big part of it is is personnel in midfield because we can't... You you're know, saying defensively asking, or you're saying attacking-wise? Particularly defensively. defensively. Okay. I think okay. we're asking... We're asking... It's, a, it's square pegs and round holes. We're asking players who don't naturally do much defending to do a lot of defending. And they're not mm. doing... Whether that's... I, I think they're not particularly good at it. I think Bannon is 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 poor defensively, by and large. I mean, he makes the odd good slide tackle, but slide tackle should really be your last resort. I remember um, Xabi Alonso talking about how the... Uh, the program at, at Liverpool, they'd, they'd sort of focus on a youngster and probably a, a part of the, the re, you know, a lot of them would idolise Steven Gerrard coming through the ranks, but the, it would always be, oh, a midfielder and, and he loves a tackle. And Xabi Alonso just, uh, uh, he was sort of interviewed on, in the Spanish press saying like, mm. you should not be, like tackling is the last resort. You should be able to take the ball without slide. Ta- should, a big tackle is things have gone wrong and you've had to sort of pull the, you know, pull the uh, the parachute cord. It, yeah. It's not the first line of defence. Pressure and positioning and, and um, shape is how you defend. Uh, but we are left with Kieran Lee, who physically isn't up to the challenge of, of pressing and looks, uh, you know, caveat here. Kieran Lee, I think, had one of his better games today, but he is remarkably unphysical. Like, he's lightweight, he has brushed off the ball, he can't sort of tackle without fouling. He's not, he was there to add an extra number in midfield, and he, he just about did that in terms of being a body, but neither him or Bannon are doing a great job of, of pressing the ball, and it, it invites pressure onto us. T- today, the weirdest thing for me was having Pelupesi man mark a 16 year old that was a really odd thing to witness <laughs> yeah, the 16 year old talking about is the uh the supposed uh wunderkid multi-million transfer fee man united back in their eyelashes at jude bellingham jude bellingham yeah but second off he wasn't man marked and uh did sweet fa <laughs> it was weird it, i don't know whether it's the case of you know 
Monkey's like, I've got to play Pelopersi because he's the only midfielder left. But well, it's like giving that's him... That's it, I think, yeah. Like an annoying uh, sibling. You know, he's being told to go go play hide-and-seek or something to distract him. Um, <laughs> give him a job. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm counting. I'm counting. Just keep hiding. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. That whole, the, the defence was so strange. Today. Do you wonder whether we'll see the last we'll see of Pelopesi is uh, we'll kick a football into a well and time to go get it, and that will be the last we see. I, I just think training is Monk going. How fast can you run over there? Pelopesi goes. Like, how fast was it? Oh, sorry, I didn't do the. Uh, I forgot to set my watch. Do you want to try it again? You're making Pelopesi sound like. I'm, I'm, I can't believe I've only just made this connection in my brain. So I thank you for this conversation, Rich, that we've had this. But basically, you know, you go down to uh, you go down to the beach with your dog and you just carve a tennis ball yeah, yeah. and he just tears after it. Yeah. And you sometimes pretend to throw a tennis yes, ball. Yes. yes. There's going to be a lot of uh, fake kicks. But that's that's probably just what they do in training is Bannon just winds up Pelopessi. Yeah. Joey going to go fetch this, and then like he just just takes a kick, and then like Joey runs off, and then him and him and Fletch titter like school schoolgirls. <laughs> so I think again a feature was no real presence in midfield, which invites pressure on to us at the at the back and it was one of the things I, I was watching uh, my grotty stream today was courtesy of Blues TV, so I had uh, Deli Adabola chiming in on on events. Um, who is a scouser? I didn't know that, but there you go. That's really weird. I never <laughs> but, thought that someone with that name would be from Liverpool. <laughs> but he'd even picked up from the, a kind of pre... He kept talking about the studio. So I, I, I imagine Birmingham must have built their website pre, before, when they were in the Premier League. Um, so they are, they've escaped the, the ills of I follow. So they seem to have a studio where they, they preview the match ahead of time. So he, they'd been watching some clips of our defending and he'd sort of said how, how, how noticeable it was, um, how li- little we pressure the ball. Um, so, <laughs> but but weirdly, so we had this terrible start and really looked on the ropes, and um, it was it was pretty much all Birmingham. But 19 minutes in, uh, Kieran Lee played a, a sort of blind pass that Bannon was able to to salvage from putting Birmingham on the offensive. Uh, turned his man and slotted an absolutely beautiful shot away in the in the far corner, the right hand side of the goal. It was lovely. It was a great finish. Um, the funny thing was, like, I mean, he hit it, you know, he, it, uh, the positioning to strike that ball, both in the approach and also yeah. how, you know, where he positioned the ball was just perfect. But the funny thing was watching it back, you're like, it it didn't, it was, I guess it was that well placed. It didn't need to, but it felt a little bit like it just rolled into the corner. I nearly wrote down in my notes and then thought better of it, although I should have just done it. I nearly put, how on earth is Lee Camp still earning money as a footballer? Because <clears throat> I've never seen Lee Camp have a good game. He's, I think he's terrible. But Do you think he's, um, also another one of my notes is, uh, do you think that Lee Camp is uh, Dawson's uncle? <laughs> yes, maybe may well be. Um, yeah, but the, the you know fully signed up member of the Greasy Goalkeepers Club. He, um, I, you know, he's been involved in so many goalkeeping debacles and so many teams. Like he was in the Sunderland team that got like a record low number of points um, and and things like that. You know, led in more goals <laughs> than any other team in history and things. He's 
it's amazing he's still pulling a wage in at this level. But um, but second half, he really earned his crust. Uh, we, we you know we'll get to it in time. But uh, you know, fair play to Campy, rolled back the years to some extent. So I put down th- this was um, full disclosure. The Blues TV commentary was as biased as it gets, um, and. I was like a crazy person shouting at the television fairly often, but um, my 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 sort of place that I was uh, mentally maybe comes across in this note that I wrote down. Shock from Brum TV that scummy awful Wednesday have somehow had the audacity to score against the second coming of the famous 1970s Dutch side. To quote Adebola. How dare these disgusting maggots lash out against the boot that is so comprehensively crushing them. La. He, he did. He really say that? No, he didn't say that. Oh, okay. He did say la all the time because he's scouse. Because he's scouse, of course. <clears throat> so um, a lot of our defending just felt like it was last ditch and erratic. Uh, Tom Lees mm. was very, very lucky not to get a yellow card quite early on. But he made up for that later by just seemingly getting annoyed that Justovic or Djokovic had um, had run with the ball and he kicked him over and got a yellow card for no good reason in the middle of the day. So that was about 27 minutes. Mm. Uh, and then... And then just when I thought again. we'd kind of settled into the game and I thought that things would calm down for a bit, it, it really didn't. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, they it kind of bobbled around on the edge of our box. Um we just seemed to be watching them pass it between players, and and Lee's was just jogging constant. Just yeah. Uh, I mean, we um, you know, I'm going to call him Juki because I can't say his name. And uh, well, so I've got another take on that, Rich. What's that? I've, I've got another take on that, Rich, because I think we kind of uh, mythologize. Our defenders seem to mythologize any striker they come up against. So I'm going to call him. He's the king Luke. amongst them. I'm going to call them. Lu- I'm going to call him Lucas Jabberwocky, and nice. uh, he he did guire and gimbal in the wave right past Iorfa and our flat foot setbacks. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. But yeah, so Jabba, I mean, it was Jabba a great Lockie. finish, but the question does why did he get the chance to get there to finish, though? And I couldn't He's believe, with... like, I couldn't believe Iorfa missing out on that. You know, I, I just felt like Iorfa suddenly turned into a child or something. I imagine as a child, Iorfa was still giants, but it just, yes. it just seemed like Jokovic just, I don't understand why he just didn't, you know, to use a term that seems to come up a lot, you know, didn't lay a glove on him, you know? But he also, he was Lee's man and Lee never caught up, Lee's never caught up with him. I mean, he's he's about yeah. as slow as knew you, and at no point was he winning that race, Tom Lee's. So he was way, way, you know, by the time he did his... Well, in this, in this myth slide, it, the ball was way past him. I mean, in this myth mythologization, I think what also happened was um, from nowhere they heard the um, the composition of Vangelis and uh, Jabberwocky did a real chariots of fire to just kind of ghost past everyone. It felt like it was in slow motion, didn't it? Really? I mean, it, it did. It did. It did mainly because Lucas Jabberwocky is slower than a week in jail um to use a great kind of uh, scottish expression <laughs> but again he you know was that i thought dawson probably should have done better i thought he was badly positioned i think it was a good a bit like bannon's it was a good finish into the corner but he had a surely had a, a chance to save it if he if he was if he hadn't sort of sold himself on the near post i think he would have been in a much better spot to to have a go at that's saving. a that's a good point and that's probably yeah I, I agree with you there. There's probably a degree of uh, a little bit of questionable, question, uh, questionableness. Yeah, we'll about go. his positioning. 
Yeah. <laughs> Questionability. Questionability. <laughs> bounce back ability. And speaking of bounce back ability, we did. Ooh, yeah. I mean, very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. How many so, how many minutes was that again from the thing? That was four minutes later. Yeah. So Harris sort of took the ball into the box, was duking a bit left and right. There was a question over a handball, which I th- think would have been extremely harsh. And then uh, Kieran Lee, as he's done other times this season, made the absolute most of a bit of contact in the box mm. and uh, won as a penalty. It very much I did. I, I said penalty probably was a penalty, but but Lee did win it. Yeah. You know? And then and this uh, is when Luke texted me to say anyone but Nando. <laughs> I did indeed. Memories of his um, memories of his powder puff uh, penalty against uh, uh, his real power puff girl penalty against Huddersfield. Yeah, and it came flooding back to I think every Wednesday. I, I think I think you know if you did a a pointless question or a family feud, uh, fam, family fortunes kind of question, we asked a hundred. We asked a hundred. Thanks for translating for both audiences. Yeah, I speak speak my transatlantic jibes here. <laughs> Um, we asked a hundred Wednesdayites who is the one current Wednesday player they don't want taking a penalty. Top answer to win the car is Fernando Forestieri. Uh, but he slid away beautifully. Did a lovely job. Uh, Nando had a pregnant pause before rolling the corner and then stuffing up his shirt. What was that about? I don't. Did he just want more contact with the ball? Was that it? Was he just? He <laughs> just want more possession. He's just getting his. Is he got a possession bonus? Is that <laughs> it? Is that to get it up? Is that what's going on? Yeah. It was. It was very strange. Is he got another kid on the way? Oh, maybe a little little Nandette. You know, <laughs> little Nandette. Little uh, future future Nan. Nandalorian, the new uh, <laughs> the new Disney Plus. He's having a baby Yoda. Uh, he's a he is a bounty hunter though, isn't he? Is old Nando? Oh, he is. And maybe he's playing like he's going to get a bounty somewhere else, you know? Or maybe with Wednesday. I don't fucking know. I, I don't. Who know. knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um. <laughs> but uh, so I think. What was it was a, such a strange half of football. There wasn't too much incident between that, the, the us equalising and, and the uh, the end of the half. Um, but it, it was a pretty bizarre half of football. Um, the fact that Forestieri and Lees had both picked up yellows was a bit worrying for me, although that didn't turn into anything. Uh, but it was uh, uh, it was so strange that uh, you know effectively we weren't pressuring the ball at all, which invited loads of pressure. Um, on our defence, and Birmingham went the other way in that they were doing really bad schoolboy pressing, and the fact which was very easy for us to work our way around, and again that was giving us lots of chances, uh, lots of space to sort of play passes into. So it was really odd to see two teams take completely opposite approaches, but have the same effect of basically looking terrible at the back because mm. you weren't offering any protection to your defence. Um, oh dear, just having a little uh, look at. They did have one last chance, didn't they? The, the, the well, they, free kick. They had two, actually. I'd yeah. say in the forty-first minute, we had a real let off because they struck one just wide. I thought oh, yeah. that was a let off, and then the one in the forty-fifth minute. My comment is, how the hell did Birmingham miss that one? Yeah, it was a really good header um, side. It was, yeah. And then was it Pedersen? Yes, Pedersen just kind of too cute, I think. Yeah, but it was a good. Uh, was it the header back in from? Was it Thomas? Yeah, the, or or was it Roberts? It was the guy that. 
they were put on Roberts. throw-ins weirdly. So he was looked. It Thomas for the was it Thomas or was it Roberts for the throw-ins? Or did they have multiple players who can just? No, it's Roberts. There's no Thomas. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's it's that uh, it's that first that almost first name second name that's kind yeah. of throwing me. Yeah. So Roberts looked. In, like he looked impossible to win a header against. You know, it's rare that Iolfa gets so comprehensively beaten in the air. And weirdly, the the majority of the set pieces they had, although we were, you know, true to form, giving away lots of free kicks. Um, they they had loads and loads of of these throw-ins around our box, and he insisted on taking this monster. Mm. <laughs> who could not be beaten in the air and making him throw it to the penalty spot really slowly and they got absolutely nothing out of any of those throw-ins completely bizarre well i thought it was still pretty it was um i was thinking like because it was a real threat and i mean we've well it got we there have, <clears throat> we haven't seen a lot better than our throw-ins i'll be honest well yeah, i mean the days of like not. you know i mean if we had rita johnson back um so i was going to say we need someone who can throw like I did say Thomas, but obviously Roberts of Birmingham. Uh, maybe we should bring back Roy Delap or Exodus Giergan back for our Frozman. Frozman. And I want to say <laughs> we. I want to say, Rich, we need more Frozman, not Wednesday. Our Fro man. Ah, oh, beautiful. Well, I thought that. Well, so okay, that's interesting because the Birmingham fans and the Birmingham commentary were getting frustrated at the lack of like anything happening from them, and I always just felt very safe because it was so slow. Because one of the things that Delap had was it was low and fast. And it was flat. It was flat. And was this, these yeah. were it was like a cross, wasn't? Yeah. Well, they, they were bad. These were like bad crosses because the the one there was one there was one or two that were free headers, but they, they couldn't generate any power with them because they were having to do everything themselves. So effectively, we ended up just letting win the header, and Dawson very easily caught the tame effort afterwards. You're right; it was a threat that they got the ball into. Yeah. They got people on the end of it. So yes, technically a threat, and probably sort of statistically, you know, if we're looking at expected goals, it's it's a chance. But it's adding up there, right? It didn't feel what's that so yeah, it's adding it's, up. It's adding it up there, felt, but, yeah. it, I never felt worried at any of them. I don't know. I I feel what do I feel? I I still feel it's better than a lot of our short pithy throws though, right? We're, like, we we're never really do much with those throws. things. We are pretty bad at throws. I I I often think um you know uh when uh new labor handed over to the coalition famously they sort of <laughs> left a little um sticky note in the in the file to say that they'd spent all the money and good luck or whatever um which came back to haunt them in years gone by um but i think between because it transcends all that you know we've had whole squad changes whole manager changes chairman changes but i think one of the things that happens when you are handed the keys to the manager's office at uh, at hillsborough is um there's a secret compartment in the drawer and it says this is what we do at throw-ins. Everybody hides behind their man. Um, <laughs> don't give any options at all. Um, and at the very best, what you can do is a kind of long one to a big man who probably nods it to one of their defenders. That's all you're allowed to do with throw-ins. It's 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 yeah. the Wednesday. So I'd, I'd, but I'd much rather, like, I don't know, like I um, maybe coming as Birmingham was a real callback to when we used to be quite aerial and mm. used to have the players to kind of attack that and do damage. And we had that little um, crab Sebastian as well, didn't we? Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
well, well, Milan Mandaric was also under the sea, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, under the sea, uh, I believe. That's how it's pronounced. Under the sea. But um, so, <laughs> so, so a weird first half. A weird first half. We made changes at half time. Two changes. I just can I just uh, my second. last little bits. Um, so potential potential episode title, Rich. Uh, Blues Clue. As okay. in maybe they gave us a clue, or maybe we don't have a clue. I don't know. I don't know. I just like to think about, um, <laughs> like to like to use that term because it it seemed funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Gardner looking like some midfield dynamo and not some overpaid statue from his Wednesday loan spell goes <laughs> into a sprint and then somehow goes into the book for diving. Apparently. Oh, it absolutely was a dive. Hundred, hundred percent dive. Really? I thought yes. it was. I thought there was. No, I thought no, there was some strange was, yellows in the no, I also thought Tom Lee's no, was booked. He lost the didn't. ball. He changed. <laughs> he ch- sorry. He changed. He changed. Um, he changed direction. Lost the ball and fell over. He was absolutely. That was the yeah spot on the referee. I was really pleased that he got that right because it was blatant. It was about the only blatant thing that Birmingham got Birmingham got punished for as well, which. Um, you know, that's another thing to talk what about. Did, uh, what did Adebola say about that law? Did he think it was boss law? <laughs> they all, they all said, they, they, they both uh, sort of said. Really? That he'd, uh, yeah. That was interesting. That's quite funny. But then I thought it was, yeah, this is the, the funny thing. And I'll, maybe a later comment because I don't think I can work it in probably. Uh, at the 83 <laughs> minute mark, there was a shot of a beardy Birmingham troll calling Baz a wanker. Uh, pot kettle. Uh, hate Bannon, yet they trade players freely across the West Midlands, as seen through Scott Hogan and Gary Gardner. They can fuck off. I fucking hate Birmingham. <laughs> they really do hate Bannon, though. That's uh, he's he's. I don't know whether he's just kind of the face of Villa for a little while. Um, they they cannot stand. So <laughs> I'm really pleased that he managed to score. <laughs> the little ginger face of Aston Villa. <laughs> I love the. Uh, I do want to say I love the. Um, you know, if a, if if Barry Bannon was in a Victorian kind of Jane Eyre novel, uh, you know, Count Barry Bannon entered the room. He had the face of Aston Villa. <laughs> I like that. I do like that a lot. That's pretty good. Oh dear. <laughs> So, <laughs> but I thought we were we went to the first half, the end of the first half. I'd, I'd noted down, fortunate to be drawing. Yes, certainly. So we made two changes. We took uh, Dominic Iorfa off and put on Captain Fox Morgan. Lovely to see him back. And I, this is the funny thing that we talk about was that like we have such that that mid that defense bench is packed is packed to the rafters with uh, attacking vitamins and minerals. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it isn't packed with any great defensive changes. The only one is Morgan Fox, and we've made one of them. We made two and a half. To, I don't, did we, I don't know. What did you think about the second half substitutions, Rich? Because I'm not sure. I think the change of shape was, was, was very much needed. I thought it was good. I think we should have started with the team that came on at half time. We should have, but got. I guess the, the problem was, was the fact that Fox, you know, how about how, how much away for a long time? Yeah, I don't understand with Monk because it's like there's a lot of stuff like, oh, you know, we've got systems to help these players come back who've been away. You know, they'll play in the under 23s, you know, they'll have a program for coming back. And yet, Fox has been how long has Fox been gone for? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. yeah, yeah, you know, it's a bit like stained, it's uh, it's been a while. <laughs> And it's been a while since Fletcher's been back. And then both of them 
Thrown both of them in. came back. You know, I, 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 got, so... I got worried at one point with Fletcher because he, he kind of, uh, there was one bit and he kind of went down and I just thought to myself, that's it. That's, I bet yeah, Fletcher's I remember that. It was, really, it was really a sort of clumsy, clumsy he's, fall. He's sort of between two men, wasn't he? Uh, from their side. So I, just to sort of answer the original question, I thought that, I thought that bringing Fox on was good because it meant we were more balanced. Um, and, that paid dividends whether i would have i would have put i offer in the middle it, unless there's an injury i don't see why you go for tom lee's over i offer ever but um we, we you know that was the choice that was made um and i think pelopesi had done absolutely nothing in the first half so why not bring on some height and win some headers um, I think it was. I think they were both worth subs worth making. Half time obviously is quite early to do that, uh, and it left us with limited options. I think the. I think bringing Fletcher on was a bad choice. I think that we really actually lost in the game from that. We should have kept pace up top because I think what For- Forestieri was doing, sort of nibbling at them and. Um, chasing things down Fletcher did not look anywhere near fit enough to do and by yeah. the end the yeah. fact that we had two slow big men yeah uh, I know well it closing completely... things down meant that they were able to just do what they liked from the back and eventually we paid the price so, for it but here's the thing was like so the, the defensive institution for me is like I, the attacking shape was good for me mm-hmm. so why I don't understand why here's another kind of parallel between Gary Monk and Yas Luka now. They both really like the second half substitutions, don't they? Yeah. They love the halftime substitutions. Not second half, halftime substitutions. Um, But would you not agree that they were worthwhile in retrospect? Like, I thought we were... Probably, but I I don't... With a better team, second half. You think it's probably going to foreshadow some kind of player ratings here. Wouldn't you have taken Lee's off instead of Iortha? Absolutely. Absolutely. So why... I mean, they both had a pretty bad first half, I would say. They did, they did. But I would say that Lee's did shade it, you know, in that horse race of mediocrity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And he had a yellow card. And he had a yellow as well, yeah, which I was worried about. Because I was worried that, like, I was actually thinking quite far. I I kept thinking, we're going to get a player sent off here. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Like, uh, Bannon took that yellow in a second. And I was, like, thinking, didn't he get a yellow earlier? But it wasn't. You know, and then it, it kept seemingly... There's one where, like, Fox got a yellow, and I thought, oh, that's Lee's again, or whoever else was. Yeah. And apparently it was Fox. So we picked up a lot of yellow cards today. Yeah, but fine. then we do, because we, um, we're a team that gives away a lot of needless free kicks. Yes. Yeah. We, 15 fouls, and they only had 13 from Birmingham. It feels more. Five yellow cards. I think they were lucky not to get a couple of yellow cards, because I thought there was a, quite a lot of dual standards going on. So the... After we scored, um, cause I, so I think we had the best 10 minutes we had of the whole game, maybe the best 10 minutes we've had of 2020 at the start of the second half. I thought we looked like we had threats all the way across the front. Um, they didn't really know what to do with Wickham and it was his movement was still pretty clever, like like Forestieri's. Um, and eventually they got kind of so confused that their, their defending was terrible. Um, Kieran Lee sort of poked a, poked a foot in as the ball landed on the ground, which which brought the ball out to Forestieri. 
great. And Forestieri played a lovely little pass into Murphy, who finished brilliantly. Really good, strong finish. He took his time. I was worried he was going to let the chance slip by because he, he really sort of set himself before he took it. But it was a good goal, put us ahead. But after that, there was a foul on Murphy where it looked to me like Murphy was through on goal. We played a ball out from the back. It put Murphy one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He was pulled, He was sort of smacked in the head by their defender. And the guy wasn't given a yellow card. How's that not just as cynical as what Bannon did? Mm. In fact, it's worse because it was... It was, it was literally on the edge of their box. If, if Murphy yeah. had been allowed to take the ball down, it's a goal. There's no two... Or, or it's, a, you know, it's a chance. No two ways about it. Um, so I, I don't know how they didn't get a yellow card for that. And then when there was another bit where um, the Jabberwocky um, got, fed, got fed up that Bannon tackled him and just hoofed him down. And again, I was like, is, is that worse than what Bannon did? It's exactly the same sort of foul. Mm. It's blatant. It stops us attacking. Um, he had no intention of getting the ball. Why has he not got a yellow card for it? I do think it was. Mm. I don't think it was a bad refereeing performance, and I do think we were dirty and we made lots of stupid, stupid tackles. I think Lee's didn't need to make the tackle where he got a yellow card. I think Bannon didn't need to make the tackle where he got a yellow card. You know, I don't think there was any kind of good yellow cards or clever fouling that we did. Um, but Birmingham should have should have had more than one yellow. It's crazy that the only yellow they got was for the diving of Gardner because they were just mm. as bad, just as dirty as us. Mm. Anyway, um, two Gary Monk teams going at it. Can we talk about our third goal? Because I mean, that was just please. fantastic. Um, I I love that the Kieran Lee bringing the ball down. That was yeah. such a lovely takedown. And then that was just an amazing slip in from yeah. Fernando Forestieri from Murphy. And then it was what a finish from Jacob Murphy. It was a real Jacob's cream cracker <laughs> and cream as it made me cream. <laughs> Uh, Jacob's Green yeah. Cracker is uh, another potential episode title as well. That was very good. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was very, very good for Murphy and obviously made up for his own goal um, previously. Um, yeah. We then, I... we then made... So, then Fletcher came on, right? Well, yeah, but that Murphy uh, foul, the foul on Murphy happened between Fletcher coming on and, and our goal. Um, and we had a, a full-on argument over who was going to take it because Fernando Forestieri fancied it. Um, Kadeem oh. Harris really fancied it. Wickham really fancied it. But Barry Bannon took it and uh, blasted the knees of the first man. Wowed it into the, the wall. wall. I was looking at that, especially from the camera angle. I mean, that kind of kind of biases things. But I thought this is perfect for Fernando Forestieri to... a right-footed player, absolutely. Just to absolutely whip it into the corner, really. Well, knowing how crap camp is, by and large, if you get it on target, it will be a goal. And I thought Nando, yeah, this is his free kick. He loves to do that one where he like blasts it into the corner from here. And then I, I hated this, you know, because I've, I've even precluded it. I think like every Wednesday fan would was on the 73rd minute. Murphy should have done better with the one on one. Of course. And I said, gutting, hope that wasn't the chance. And uh, it was hmm. a terrible effort, wasn't it? He passed it to him. Yeah. He maybe had too long to think about it. He had the whole of their half to run free. But it was an awful, awful effort. When you think it should have probably been... Even if he passed it to Camp's left, it might have given Harris a chance to follow up. It was just woeful um yeah so we brought we brought fletcher on <laughs> the next chance all the chances that happened after that were breaks from the wingers they, um they didn't really mm. like, didn't really have any part to play in anything that happened from that point on and um, 78th minute wickham had that amazing 
volley. Yes, Some, that was incredible. Just completely like... out of nowhere. Again, that, again, taking things down, you know, from these kind of high balls in the top. And suddenly we're looking really good at this. And just from nowhere, just absolute swivel that volley. That was a tremendous save from camp. That, that was, was a really good save from camp. That was really good. That was Cam burning his, uh, earning his biscuits. Yeah. Maybe afterwards he could uh, share a cream cracker with uh, Jacob Murphy. Yeah. I'm just worried about who. But I mean, also from that, I mean, it was it was great. You would have thought that was in. I think it deserved to go in, really, because it was such a good volley. It was such a good hit. And, um, you know, but I mean, at least but the, we won a corner. Yeah. Um, which then went to nothing as well. Murphy's corners weren't particularly good today, which was a shame. Yeah. Can I, I do think they say, are really big as well. <laughs> yeah. Can also say from a little bit from that, which was interesting, because, I mean, I think they... Uh, Birmingham, you know, in the counter corner, they went short on one of them, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was weird because I, I think they should have just kept with that aerial quality and the fact that we didn't seem quite as good at that, even though you basically debunked the, you know, the long throw-ins from Roberts. You know, they, they were doing well from set pieces, so I don't know why they did that, but maybe we should have done that ourselves. Maybe we should have gone short. Can I can also say in regards to that, like, I was surprised that, like, from the end of that corner, you know, it went back up to our possession in our own half. And I'm like, I saw Morgan Fox. Shouldn't Fox Morgan be foot more forward for a corner? Yeah, but then we're winning and it's time's running out, so... Sure. That's another... Well, I would actually leave a different player, like I'd leave a Harris or a Murphy back. Yeah. But that is another, another Monk thing, is we go on 100% defensive footing so early in the game, uh, just sort of asking for... Now, we did have some breaks with the pace, but the fact the fact that those breaks worked meant that every Birmingham player was in our half, apart from the goalkeeper, because we just sat so, so, so deep. Um, continued to give away our silly fouls. They had a really good chance at 87 minutes. 90, 90th minute, Dawson sort of had to come and punch something away, which he did do very well. Mm. And then the 91st minute, just a big hoof forward. The Jabberwock, Kalu Calais, uh, not down for Hogan and uh, that's a good finish from Birmingham's, Hogan. Birmingham's Beamish boy slotted it away beautifully. Um, <laughs> it's come full circle on the Jabberwocky Luke. Uh, mm. Yes, it was again really poor defending but, from Palmer. But what, the the, the problem was Palmer. Yeah, I it was Palmer Lee's. completely lost his man. No, well, well, Lee's did what we always do when we play against the Jabberwocky and just watched him win the header under no challenge whatsoever. But Hogan's run was completely unfettered because he took Palmer completely by surprise by moving. Palmer was just so far behind after he cut, after he moved inside, he never caught up and he had a free shot because of that. But that, again, sorry, just to kind of, not to kind of go into minute detail, but Wickham being so slow on the closing down meant that their defender had all that time to play that ball forward. He let it roll across him and he took his time and launched an absolute rocket forward. But I, I feel like if we'd put on De Cruz or kept on Forestieri, he would have had someone nippling, nibbling at him. <laughs> nippling at him, not nippling at him. Someone nippling away at him, giving him purple nurples, and he wouldn't be able to settle enough to play that ball forward as well as he did. It's really hard <laughs> to pick out a man 60 yards away when your nipple is being twisted to the point that it's bruised. I've always said that, Luke. <laughs> I know, I've, I know. I've I've been with you at games, Rich, and the people around me keep turning. I remember that one time someone just stood up and just said, "Could you stop talking about nipples?" 
<laughs> this is a but family stance, sir. I ask you to leave. But I'd argue if if ever, if the whole stand had joined in with my chant of twist the tit, twist the tit, <laughs> we would have won that game. We would have won oh, that of game. Course, of course, of course. It's lack of commitment that, that you know, that's how movements fail like this. <laughs> but yeah, I, my note towards the end there was, um, was, was playing two unfit big men the best option to keep a defence honest and then unfortunately no, it, it came know. back to fighters on the bomb I mean one of them definitely but I think that was the problem was like we need I think the problem is we need we kind of I think we need both of them fit really I know I know and that's the problem is like it. I think Monk was trying to shoehorn that into yeah. the game plan and I think that was the problem because I mean, and Fletcher I coming wanted... on gives everybody a lift as well. You know, that's it does, it does, it does. Even if he did nothing, he's still there. I get that because it's just coming back. I guess there's the interesting thing I want to talk about formation because I thought it was interesting you talk about some of the poor defensive work in midfield, but. Mm. In terms of formation, in terms of getting forward, here's the thing that I think I know about Sheffield Wednesday right now. With a lack of kind of attackers who, strikers who are performing, I think we really need, you know, we need Nan- we need a Bannon and a free. Yeah. Because we need the extra personnel to help him do his, to help him do his good work. Um, I, I, you know, I think it, in an ideal world, you know, I'd have someone else other than Pelopesi in that defensive role. Yeah. Um, I, Kieran Lee can be hot and cold. I thought he was really, really good today. So I like that. And another thing about Sheffield Wednesday in this kind of mentality, we need wingers, we need width. So we need at least, I think we need both of them. So then, then in effect, we've got five men in midfield. So yeah. the question is, do you, you know, it was great to see Forestieri giving some real value in that kind of false nine, like you said, in the center of the park. That was, that was another yeah. one of the real positives today. Yeah. That we had for the game. So but basically we need like five midfielders on the pitch. So it attacking wise it really works. Base, with, it? Yeah. Yeah. Attacking wise it really works with um you know, I guess that was a weird thing is that we did trade off that third player by taking I th- you know, yeah, by I think taking would... by taking so... Pelopesi off of Wickham and it didn't it didn't harm us that badly, I wanna say. I think here's the thing, though. So you're right. I mean, formation's so important and numbers are so important. And I think Monk has been guilty too often of giving away huge portions of the pitch and also games. Um, but t- today, the story, more than the story of being about formations, was we showed we were dangerous enough that Birmingham needed to respect us. And the difference in the second half was we frightened Birmingham into into sitting back and defending. And we've not done that in enough games. We've looked too tame. We've looked too, you know, you could give us the whole pitch and we'll never challenge you. We, we don't take our chances. We don't we don't have the quality. But today we showed how much quality we have. I mean, in some ways we've got an embarrassment of riches. Murphy's a really good winger when he plays well and today was one of his best games for us Harris is an absolute pain in the backside even when he's not having a great game and I think today was you know wasn't one of his kind of top 10 performances but he did he did enough to keep them honest and keep them pushed back um and I think Forestieri just was a pain all game you know the defenders 
although they didn't have an aerial bombardment and you probably come off after playing Nuiu or Fletcher feeling pretty rough and sore as a defender for you know from all the bashes and elbows and knees and things like that it's not going to be that sort of performance for them but they could never settle because he was always at it and you didn't know where he was going to pop up on the pitch and sort of pressure them in possession and things so today almost more than anything was it was pushing our quality which used to be one of the features of of monk teams monks you know monk game plans was we focus on what we do well i think since christmas we've just let we've played the game we've been allowed to play by the opposition mm. and more often than not they're not going to let us do that in a way that suits us whereas today we played well enough that second half Birmingham had to let us play a game that we wanted to play. And that was massively different. We can play 4-4-2 if we play this well, but we can't play 4-4-2 if we're going to be rubbish. Mm. <laughs> I know that sounds a sort of, in some ways it's kind of obvious, but it's that this monk thing of, oh, we take the first half off or we give them the first hour and then play. We're not defensively good enough to do that. We can't keep it yeah. tight for the first 45. So he needs to learn that actually we need to play the game that while we're seeing how it goes and planning for the second half, we still need to be playing an active role in the game. Um, we've got the players to do it. We just need to keep doing it. Because if we cower and play defensively and just try and hold a shape, we get put, pulled apart. We're not good enough. Dawson's not good enough. The centre-backs aren't good enough. Our full-backs aren't good enough. And the midfield is nowhere near good enough just to watch another team play. Yeah. them down. I've, I put, so it's so strange, we should have been dead and buried at half-time. And then second half, you could argue that we should have won comfortably because we had I know, I really know, good chances. I know. Um, I know, but that's the I, that's the difficult thing I've kind of battled with with this. You know, they, they said on the commentary, we had Rob O'Neill and uh, Dom Housen doing the commentary today on, you know, yeah. on my end of the, the home side of the feed away further yeah. than you are to the action. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were saying that, you know, we should have won in the second half. We should have put it to bed. And that was from yeah, the post-match comments I've seen from Monk kind of allude to that. But the problem I think I've always been dealing with if so much of this for Sheffield Wednesday this season is the question, should we be winning? You know, should we be feeling that we deserve to win? I'm like, well, yes, but you still, unfortunately, the, the crux of the matter is when you defend like this, you deserve nothing. You deserve very little. Yeah. And we could have even lost today. I mean, that's such a weird, crazy game. Um, I said this um, prior to the podcast. We had a little chat about the game just before we kind of started recording. And the hilarious thing was, I think at about 2-2, Dom Housen said, oh, this is a real great advert for the championship. And I said to Rich, what, two teams who can't defend? Yes. You know, goals are one thing, but, you know, if it's for the expense of teams that can't can't defend for toffee, then, um, I don't know, if you can't, can't have your toffee, can you have your cream crackers? That's... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my belabored, tiresome, terrible analogy that I'm making on this Saturday. <laughs> For some reason, that's reminded me of the uh, of the talky bit from uh, another brick in the wall. I don't know it, Rich. I'll be honest. Apart, uh, from, apart from teachers leaving kids alone and stuff, you know. <laughs> so, t- so, shall we get on to? Uh, I'm going to look it up, but I'll, I'll look it up whilst we're uh, we're we're doing some some player ratings. Shall we? Shall we get? Shall we do some player ratings? We've not done them. Yeah, for- we haven't done for a while because uh, it's just been so bad. We just give everybody like you know wholesale fives or sixes. 
Um, but it's a bit more, it's a bit more variable today. So it's, in, it's going to be interesting chat this, uh, Dawson, I've given a 6.5. Um, he was not awful. Uh, that I thought it was a good save from the header at 70th minute. Maybe I think it was a free header, which maybe looked from the positioning more kind of powerful than it did. But I thought it was a, still a good save. I'll give mild save Cami a little thumbs up from that one. <laughs> I don't think he was. I don't think he was terrible today. I think it was the players in front of him and his kicking yeah. was good. His kicking yeah. was good today. So I've, I've gone for a 6.5. What do you think, Rich? I, I yes, I, um, I'm inclined to agree with 6.5. I think that's fair enough. He did come. He came and claimed things pretty well a couple of times again. Um, you know, I can always do with more of that, but uh, I think I think he was commanding at times when he needed to be, and that was that was really good. So yeah, six and a half. Fair. Mm. Um, we got it. Well, it's hard to know where to start, but technically, starting at right back was was Joey Pelipesi. So um, what really? Mm, yeah, technically that's it. so. Supposedly, we lined up with a five no. at the back of Palmer at left wing back and uh, Pelipesi at right at right uh... wing. I don't believe three you. in the middle, but it did. I, I it didn't play out like that because because little Joey was chasing his crisp packet around, wasn't he? He was indeed. He was really. Uh, don't worry, Joey. One day you'll get there. So we're going to review Joey Pelopesi first because I don't think he's a defender. Can we not do that? That's uh... <laughs> okay. Who I did you disagree. Think was right back then. I offer. He wasn't playing right back, but okay, let's do. I offer. What was he playing then? What, do you think it was a three at the back then? Like what? He definitely, yeah. They played as a three, a, a very disjointed, bad three. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to think about that because that's just going to make me angry. It was really weird. It was weird on paper this lineup. It was weirder when it actually worked. <laughs> and you, anyway, let's. Um... <laughs> So let's go for I offer first then. I offer had a bad day, bad day at the office. Unsure why it's taken off instead of Lee's though. So this is the the difficult thing. I I hope that doesn't mean he's gone now because I I just I don't like. Oh, I get nervous around like like so many. I get nervous with Monk. I don't know. I don't know what he. I don't know what he thinks about these players. He has some really interesting thoughts about one or two players at this football club, which. Just yeah. gives me kittens, I'll be honest. And I don't know why in our conversations, you know, in talking about like, I, you know, if I was a fan and I was interviewing him after the match, maybe it probably would mean that I'd get fired. But <laughs> yes. I kind of attempted to say, what are you seeing in Tom Lee's right now? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't get it. I don't get what he continually sees. I don't. Although, sorry. <laughs> Aside from the, the howling error, <laughs> I thought Tom Lee was better second half than he was in the first half. I think undoubtedly he was. they are, they are was. better. Uh, well, that's, I think that's a, that's a giant commentary about the defence, though. Yeah. It was much better in the second half. Yeah. I mean, let's look at it for the simple fact. We conceded two goals in the first half and one in the second. Yes, of course. Yeah. That's better. You know, that's better. Um, this is hilarious. I'll, I'll get onto this later. I'm looking at who scored, and that's pissing me off as well. So it's who scored <laughs> saying that Joey Pelopes is a right back as well, because I'm gonna fucking go ballistic and someone rich. He was so technically his he, where he played was where Bellingham was, and Bellingham started on the left wing. Bellingham moves moved around all over the pitch. But oh, so he marked Bellingham. And he just that's marked why. Bellingham. He okay. didn't have any other. He didn't have a position on the pitch. He didn't have any other role. He just followed Bellingham around and. Yeah, yeah. because 
So they're going for a five four one, yeah. which is just madness. Yeah, it was so okay, weird. Okay, let's let's give a token introduction to Joey Palapassi. Let's give him a quick review now. <laughs> we we covered Iorfa. Did I give a mark to Iorfa? Uh, we didn't give uh, a mark. I don't think yet. I gave him a six. Yeah, uh, I think that's not one of his better games. But uh, then the whole defense was rubbish first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know. So do you, you want to do Pelopessi now? Uh, I think it's all right. Yeah, well, I, I'd say I'd give him a 6.5. Wow. I thought he was all right. I, I didn't really understand. I don't think he... I don't know. It wasn't the more one of the more offensive ones. More offensive <laughs> games I've seen from Joe Pelopessi. Uh, I don't see, know why, well, I don't see, know I don't why he went off. I don't... Okay. Wow, weird. This is it, right? Most of the time, I'm slagging him off to the high heavens, and you're defending him. We really play some good cop, bad cop on Joey Pelopessi. He's really, really not. He's not enjoying this questioning at all. <laughs> he's really not enjoying this questioning. Sometimes it's bad cop, crazy cop. It's uh... and that's right, and that's the funny thing. So right back, Joey Pelopessi. See, this is another thing as well. I just, I don't know. I just, if we're going to play him right back, I'd rather see Hutchinson there. Uh, well, that's that is. Um, that's I the know story. I can't. The story of the story of Joey Pelopessi's life. His autobiography will be called. You probably wish this was a Sam Hutchinson book. <laughs> <laughs> the, opening, the opening line is I know I'm disappointed as well <laughs> I was hoping I get to read about uh, Luscious Sam and his coiffure <laughs> Uh, you know, okay. Well, think, you know, I think I, really star, future star of the gentleman, uh, the next gentleman too, the ne- the Guy Ritchie sequel of uh, with Sam Hutchinson playing a Cockney uh, Cockney gangster role, <laughs> smoke smoking a cigar and smoking putting it out yeah. someone's putting it out on someone's face or something. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. So I um okay. Well, I think in your amazing sort of um you know face about turn um. I'm going to go along with your 6.5 for Joey Pelopessi. I'm going to let it slide. But I I suppose he actively wasn't involved with any of the bad things. So that's something something in his favour. He right. was a mere. He was a mere spectator. Yes, exactly. Um, a give a give a witness uh, account, and he'll probably say something <laughs> like, "It was bad." So, so I just, I just want to. Oh no, let's go on to it later. Sorry, let's carry on. Play ratings. What are we doing next? Who's next? <laughs> Thomas Which, James Lees. Thomas James Lees. Is that his name? Yeah. James. I thought you said Thomas Jane, like the uh, American actor. No, I didn't. I said Thomas James Lease. I think Thomas Jane would be better. Yeah. Centre back. Probably be a better centre back. Yeah. This oh, is this point in time. Because he, he played he played the Punisher and he would do better at punishing the ball. Yes. And uh, Thomas Jane, I think, was also in was he in Hung as well? Maybe. He might slay the Jabberwock. And Lace at least should be hung. Oh, <laughs> He gets a five from me. Um, that's the thing. He he was so I I actually kind of made his notes after Julian Berner. So I, I I said that he also he improved himself quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But he was very bad in that first half. He he did improve himself, and then he you know was involved in the in the goal in such a negative way. So I mean even even at his is, best, this he's is still hilarious. A I've been. 
I've really enjoyed doing this podcast today for the first time in quite a while. It's, it's given a smile on my face. We've made a few jokes. We've had a few laughs. <laughs> we scored three goals away from home. I mean, we yeah. also conceded three. This is a story. This is a story of the game. And his second half was so much better. And then he, and then he, he just he fucks up massively yeah. for the third goal. The thing that I want to say was like, I'm enjoying myself. I forgot that. Like, I, I thought when we got to play rings, I'm just gonna go ballistic at Tom Lee's because he was garbage. <laughs> Get him out of the team. Yeah. But I'm in a good mood now, so how can I be angry when I'm when I'm happy? <laughs> oh, it's difficult. Difficult. I just I'm, I'm it's a difficult game to kind of look at and think about because But for me now, sure, anyway. how many times does it need to be shown that the best option in a two is Iolfa and Burner? How many times does it need to be I don't know. And then and then um and then how many, um, you know, like the, the midfield, sorry, the, the game away again. How many rows must the man go down? Before I can call myself a man. And, you know, I, I never really saw the show, so I'm not going to really comment. But a bit of a North American <laughs> reference here. There's, there's going to be a few more in this podcast as well. I've got another one uh, <laughs> locked in the chamber here for you all. Um, also chambers because uh, guns in North America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lee's. Why do we have to have the freeze company at the free centre backs? Yeah, you know, like why? Why is this third wheel? It's not an adorable uh, American sitcom freeze company. It's just disastrous. Why are we bringing Lee's into the picture so much? He's not that good that we have to think. I know. This is the thing. It's like we're looking at it from an attacking perspective. Like, because with attackers, it's, it's kind of sometimes a bit like, we don't really know how it works, but, oh, we've got to get this guy in. This guy's got to kind of turn up to the party. I know, I you know. know. He's, you, you know, know he's the one who, he's the guy who comes to the party who says the incredibly racist, nasty thing. He upsets <laughs> one of your friends and makes them cry, but we're like, oh, but he's he's going to bring the beer. You know, he's going to bring the, he's going to he's gonna bring the, <laughs> He's got the know, fake ID. He's got he's the, uh, fake, he's got the brother yeah. that goes to the shop. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. we, don't, we don't need to include him in the picture. No. He can sit on the bench. It's fine. It's he can sit on the bench for a while. Fine. He can sit on his hands where, you know, he's not going to cause any problems. Um, I like the idea that he's got to sit on his hands because, you know, he'll get up to something untoward. <laughs> so I just also imagine him as well, like, like we're in a, a family car, another American reference. We're in a bit, there's a big six-seater, and um, he, Tom Lees is giving Joe Wildsmith a nuggie in the back, you know, and then you just kind of turn around and be like, stop giving Joe Wild, stop giving, making his life a misery. <laughs> Thomas James Lees. Thomas James Lees. I've told Thomas you once, James I've told you a thousand, a thousand times. But if he's in the back, if he's in the back with Wildsmith, he's not causing any problems. Exactly. Really. Please. As long as we don't have to uh, swerve the car off the road. As long as we don't have to turn the car back and head back on the family vacation, you know, because it's uh, because he's being a nightmare. Yeah. Then, but you're right. Like, it's fine. It's, we just don't. It's don't not like we're in him. a position, you know, like the England midfield thing under Spanio yeah, and Eric. Like, yeah, yeah. Gerard Lampard is so good that even though they don't work, you've got to keep them both playing. It's not like that. It's like if uh-huh. it was Gerard and Lampard, but then you keep putting Joe Cole in there or something. It's just not good enough. It doesn't work. And I'm going to say something. It, Gary Monk. You're driving me insane. As I'm a very transatlantic man, I'm going to uh, decree my North American pals and come join you back in the UKKR, Rich, with this one. It's <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. It, they don't go together. They do not go together. Stop trying they to might both be good. Stop making it a thing. It's not, stop making it a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> Leave Lee's out. Leave Lee's out. Leave, Leave Lee's out. <laughs> Twist the tip. Leave Lee's <laughs> out. 
God, just just get him. I just don't. Just get him on the bench. <laughs> right. Let's. Um... Do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the Nigerian player Danny Uchechi who we signed? Oh yes, yeah. Or as I used to call him, Danny Ubenchi. I think he <laughs> needs a bit of. Uh, Lee's needs a bit of Ubenchi love, really. He does. Um, so let's move over to um, either his partner in crime or one of his partners in crime, depending on whether you think it was a three or a two at the back. Uh, Julian Avec Le Big Willy. Oh, Jules. Julesy, Julesy, Jules. Um, Julesy, Jules, Jules. I don't Julian. know if I'm being generous here. I went for a 6.5. I think he... Uh, he's one of the better defenders. He was Again, one of the better starting first 11 defenders. He 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 benefits from that Joey Pelipesi bounce of not actively being involved in any of the bad things. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore comes out smelling of roses by comparison. Yeah. yeah he's so, sort of a bit questionable overall, wasn't he? Really? Yeah. <sighs> anyway... Let's, uh, yeah. He's the least of the worries today, I think. He, he was the best of the worries. three centre-backs that played football today for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so then it's uh, Liam Palmer. I've gone for a 6.5 as well. I do want to say, Liam, if you are listening, uh, I really did not like that moment in the second half when you decide to airshot the ball when it was going out of play. Oh, Don't get cocky, no, Liam. Good. And all the it. Birmingham fans went, and then they're like, oh, it's actually a goal kick. Yeah. It, it reminded me of uh, the Darren Purse uh, knees back to the goalkeeper. I, oh, I, I, love don't, I don't know. I love the knee. I did love the. Uh, he did a, uh, did a few shins back to the goalkeeper, didn't he? Did, uh, he did. Oh, um, I'm going to take this this moment on completing the defence to uh, to come to, to circle back and talk about the talky bit in the uh, another brick in the wall part two. Uh, so at the end of that song there's a Scottish man that tells the children's choir that they're wrong and they need to do it again and then he says if you don't eat your meat you can't have any pudding how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat so that's what your reference that I cannot even remember now reminded Brilliant. me but for Brilliant. people who you know that will have annoyed we've closed that you know we've closed that loop closed that loop yeah uh, we've we've met jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, it's all good <laughs> He's got a weird CGI Bruce Willie face. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce Willie. Um, Jacob Murphy was uh, uh, so Palmer. A uh, Palmer also want to say maybe I actually thought he was one of the best. He was the best starting eleven defender. Fair today, enough. Which is maybe damning with freight plays. I also with my um, you know texting stuff out and my Evernote note here. <laughs> um, I actually put something like dead enders instead of defenders, which I also oh, think is another good um, yeah. for, for uh, you know. The old zombie remake of EastEnders. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to do Fox now, seeing as he played half the game? At, I have put him in there, yeah, actually. So, um, a game of seven. Welcome yeah. back to Fox Morgan. Oh, I'm so pleased to have Captain Fox Morgan back, which is so strange. We wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, but weirdly, there's, he's now a lot of, an integral part. He's There's a lot of us going back on our words here, Rich. There's a lot of us uh, mm-hmm. eating our word pie. Um, because we would say, we said best right back at the club, Dominic Iorfa. I know, I know. centre back, and now I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to see him anywhere near right back. He's forgotten how to play it right back. It's weird. Yes, that's that's true. Actually, also there is something. It's, as much as he's good at centre back, he's terrible at right back now. <laughs> It's because we've been doing the whole clockwork orange to make him a centre back. Yeah, you know we've been showing him lots of uh, 
footage of decent centre-backs. He's just completely... It's pushed out the knowledge of how to be a right-back from his head. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how it um, works, right? You learn something and something else gets pushed out the other ear. <laughs> yeah, the Homer yeah. Simpson thing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, to, to start on the midfield, uh, Jacob Murphy was playing right right wing today. What a finish that was. Can we just talk about what a finish that was? For the first And uh, a constant threat. The hilarious that like I've written my notes and like the bit I had later was like I completely forgot he scored no goal. Yeah. Um but still I I I think he's so he's such quality that even when he's patchy, I still think we'll look back at the end of the season and think he was a pretty good signing overall. He's got Today, particularly, he had just looked so much quicker, such a better athlete than Pedersen, their left back. Pedersen is one of these kind of like centre backs turned fullback, I think. So he's massive, but pretty immobile generally. And Murphy just. Any time he got a run at him, was able to knock the ball past him and make something happen. There just seemed had to be him, had him on toast. He had him on toast. Oh, was one, of his cream, of one of his cream crackers. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had a great game all around today. It's a real shame with the own goal. Um, yeah. What a way to start things. But then shows probably the strength well. of character that he was able to pick things up. The miss was was real bad. Um, maybe this is tough because I give up the bad. And then he's. I, I said for that and his set pieces, like he would have, if it wasn't for the miss and I think his set pieces, I think even still with the own goal, which I kind of forgot about, I still think it's a man of the match performance, but I think he's lost it because of. Yeah, I think things. I agree. But I've still gone with an eight for him. Wow. Do you think that's still fair or do you? I think I'd go seven and a half because I think he yeah. obviously scored the OG. He missed the brilliant. Ch- I mean, obviously he had to be there to make that chance and his pace made that chance. Um, but it was a ridiculously tame effort. Really, really disappointing effort. He was also involved defensively in another bad bit of defending where um, Sun Sunjic or whatever he's called in the first mm. half had a real good chance, and that was off the back of Murphy. Just he was def- he was there to defend, but not actively doing any defending, which was the problem with the goal with the own goal as well. He's a presence, but. It's like he's stood completely still, just let just to be a number, and it causes more bother than it actually helps us. I don't really know that he needs to be back there, to be honest, because it mm. yeah causes headaches. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I, I I can see the reasoning behind your score, but I, I would be tempted to go a little bit lower just because mm. uh, you know for the whole of the piece. But I, I did like a lot about him today, and I think he... I guess it's the interesting thing is that we talk about... I think it's, it was talked about in the commentary about how great he looks when he cuts in. Yes. Because he's, he's just got such a good shot on him. And um, it, it's kind of weird because it kind of goes against, I think, the mentality of what we think about wingers. Is that well, the bit of the man and put a cross in? Harris is so bad when he cuts in. It's so funny. Mm. so kind of, like, juxtaposed in that way. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kieran Lee? I've gone for an eight for Kieran Lee. I said we've had some bright moments of him in the team this season. I think this was the best we've seen from him this season. I think this was the best Kieran Lee. Uh, here's a Canadian North American term for you, a beater. Um, so a beater is an older high mileage car that's dirt cheap. It still runs efficiently. Um, I think that's it. I think that's just the joy of driving around a Kieran Lee on the pitch. Um, he won a penalty and he had a hand in all three goals. Really, yeah. I mean, he, he had the assist for the first. He won a penalty, and then it was a lovely takedown, to, you know, to feed in Nando, who slipped in, slipped yeah. in uh, your boy Jacob Murphy. 
Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah boy. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, very. So he gets my man of the match award. Ooh. No, he he was really good today. I do think, by and large, a, a bit like Bannon, we sort of need to be a three to justify his presence because I think oh. a lot of what he does is <laughs> to use a kind of recipe. <laughs> sort of thing. I think Kieran Lee is like an extra flavour. You know, they talk about umami being like the fifth spice kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but or I think this is what um, Carlos was getting to when he talked about honey in the soup. You know, it's that mm. extra thing that pulls things together. But we need salt and pepper <laughs> to be there as the base. Um, otherwise, um, it, it all just tastes weird. So I, I think... When I mean, I will say... Right, Kieran Lee is a lovely addition to that but mix. I do want to say with the salt and pepper I mean what a man that a money can't get and he does make us push it forward doesn't he <laughs> he, he makes us push it forward real good <laughs> <laughs> thank you I see your reference and I raise your reference thank you Rich. Nice. Well, yeah, I think I feel comfortable with that. An eight for Kieran Lee. And then uh, Wee Baz, Barry Bannon. Wee Baz, who I was actually, I did all my play ratings. And I thought, yep, I've done them all. And hilariously, Wee Barry Bannon is one of two players who I've completely forgotten to give a rating to <laughs> in my notes. Uh, I'm going to give him a 7.5. Thanks to, you know, he was he was pretty good. Oh, what, a, what a great goal. I've forgotten yeah. about that. What a brilliant goal that was. I mean, it felt like, you know, the two... And out two of nowhere as well. Goals. Out of nowhere, yeah. He just he made that and really stuck it up the Birmingham fans. <laughs> the, I mean, there's assists and there's assists, isn't there? And he had a lot to do when he picked up that ball and uh, did it with, with aplomb. Mm. Yeah, really nice. Um, okay, and then uh, Calvin Kadeem Harris on the, on the left wing. Who is the second of the two players that I forgot to give a rating to? Oh. Um, what am I going to give Kadeem Calvin Harris? Um, this was some of the better Calvin Harris that we've seen. You know, it's not as good as his first album stuff, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's better than some of his really terrible dance, uh, chart bothering nonsense <laughs> that we've kind of been alluded to kind of yeah. just recently the past few months fair enough i think i mean uh, i'm still not afraid to to have feels of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh but i wish he would bounce back to uh what he had before um so he's still pretty good um 6.5 7 7 6.5 i, I think, I think sometimes we 6.5 i think there was loads of endeavor loads of hard work i don't think he, still, i don't think he produced think still, very much tangible yeah today. Well, it's just, you know, to, to counter and look back at that, you know, I don't, I was going against the mentality of thinking, I don't think we need, um, you know, I don't think we need to put Lees on the pitch from a defensive pitch to say, well, we must, we, you know, we must have him because he brings X quality to the team. But to kind of inverse that and look in an attacking sense, I would say, you know, sometimes I think we almost think we, oh, well, I still think we almost need to think about having Harris on the pitch mm. because of potentially what he can do and also because of his pace. You know, yeah, I still I really, think he gets really. us options and I think it's still you know we'd rather give the opposition defenders kittens than not giving them kittens you know for me I would like us to my sort of lineup would always be this well this point current form uh would be Murphy always on the right wing and then either Harris or Reach playing on the left but when he puts in efforts like today 
I'd have Harris over Reach because I, I like that endeavor. He never sort of backs down. He never goes hiding. Whereas, you know, Reach can coast at times. I don't think Harris ever coasts. He's always working really, really hard. And for a couple of different bounces of the ball and things like that today, there was one point where he was caught offside and I thought that looked really questionable in the first half. And that would have been him away, possibly through on goal. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 there's just so much to like about Kadeem Harris and uh, today was full of those things to like about Kadeem Harris. Yeah, I've I've I thought it was funny you'd mentioned uh, everyone's uh, favorite um you know kind of forgotten left winger in Adam Reach much like Jeremy Corbyn, I guess. I guess he's much like our Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> or Elizabeth Jeremy... Warren to stick with American politics. Elizabeth Warren, yes. Are, are they those people still a thing? <laughs> I imagine they still exist and they're alive, but you just kind of... What happens to politicians when they get ousted from their seats? We've got, we had a local politician, there's a guy called Kent Hare, who's, um, who was a liberal kind of local politician, and he was... He was shot when he was 17. He was going to be basically like a good athlete. So he's he's basically been in a wheelchair since then. And um, what a great athlete's name! Ah, uh, what a, the Kent, world was wrong. Kent Hare. Ah. No, and so Ken anyway, he, high school quarterback. Oh, please! <laughs> he he got ousted from his local politician thing, and I'm like, what do you do now? What do you where are you going? Uh, maybe you get, I, get involved in the background, or I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. They and probably I, get I very healthy. Saying, uh, there's, there's very healthy pensions for folks who are uh, in in uh, public public office. So oh, that's I'm, good. I was worried it. about them for a second. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's probably you level. Anyway, so a lot of them go and work for big corporations that they gave favorable decisions to in their uh, their lifetime in, 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 lifetime in politics. That's normally how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Sorry. to bring it back to Wednesday, I wonder about Adam Reach. Adam Reach, I think, has apparently been injured, but I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, I've missed I missed uh, Richie Neo, Richie Weechie, um, Richie Weechie with a peachy. He would have been a great person to bring on late in this game. I know we've missed the Rich Miller uh, baller move. The baller move. Baller yeah. move substitution. Um, so just one thing that's worth mentioning uh, at this mm. point. Sorry, um, it slipped my mind. The <laughs> chance that Murphy had, that one-on-one chance, mm. is... So there's different schools of thought, and I don't, I'm not 100% on one side or the other. But when people moan about us having everyone back at set pieces, yep. when you have real, you know, sort of awe inspiring pace like Jacob Murphy, like uh, Kadeem Harris, that's why you pull everyone back, is because they then commit too many men forward. And if you get the proper distribution of the ball afterwards, which is where we normally fall down in this, you can then break with pace that cannot be caught. If you put, if if Harris is stood, uh, Harris or Murphy is stood on the halfway line, they'll put a pacey player with him. They'll put another defender, and they may put another player there. So you never get the chance unless the ball is even better than the one. But essentially, just a ball poked over the top gives you a huge opportunity if you've got that pace breaking from your own box because nobody can keep up with them. So just. You know, it doesn't pay off that often. I think mainly that's because of our lack of quality getting the ball out from the back. But today was that showing of that's why they all come back for anybody who who sits there and kind of goes, oh, everyone's back. We should have three people and then they'd have to. This is why when you've got real pace, you don't need to push three people up. You you want them overcommitted in your half because that's when you spring the trap on them. And it very, very mm. nearly worked. 
textbook today. Anyway, sorry, that's my little um, soapbox moment, and I will step down, and we can talk about Fernando Forestieri. Uh, the Nandalorian. Um, Delorean. Coming to Disney Plus uh, soon. Um, Golden Assist, you know, 7.5. Very, very good today. Uh, more of this, please. More of this Fernando Forestieri I've been hearing about. See, uh, for me, I, I would have Fernando at an 8. And wow. He's my wow. man. Wow. He's your wow. Wow. I wouldn't have taken him off either. I would have taken him you know, I yeah. Unless it was, I don't think he should. Unless it was like a, a, a defouche. Yes, yeah. But uh, I thought he was a huge part of us earning a place to play in this game today, um, and just tirelessly worked it, worked to make you spaces know, and, and and harry defenders. I was really have, got, sorry. Go on. You know what would have been good? Um, bit of bit of Trumpy Bum. Trumpy Bum, yeah. Trumpy yeah. Bum. We had a lot. Of, we had a lot of great options from the bench, which I'm just I'm upset that we had to make that defensive substitution, and then I'm upset that we had to bring bring you know pick pick one of Trump. Wicked Fletcher. Yeah. Just to translate for people, Trumpy Bum is is Josh Windass or Josh Windy Windass. Ass, as he's been called on t- at times. Uh, yeah. No, I, I I think I understand why Fletcher was the change, but it was a bad. That was a bad change. It was as bad as taking Iorfa off, I think, in retrospect, because it just was not what we needed. We didn't need a second big man. Wickham was doing the big man thing fine. We'd had the the, the nice impact of that. Um, mm. What we what we needed was legs to carry us forward and be another yep. threat on the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, which is what we were doing we, all game, and then it's like exactly. it's almost like we basically said, "Oh, no more of that. We're done with that." You know, we tried yeah. it. You know, it's like no, no, it was really yeah. good. It's the reason we're winning, but we'll stop doing it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so that leaves us with uh, Wickham. I'll go for a seven for Wickham. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that part of the podcast where I'm getting tired. Sorry, um, Wickham. Go for a seven. Seven I for Connor Wickham. It was a pleasing cameo. I thought he looked actually he looked tired um come the end, which really he shouldn't be after a half of football. <laughs> but um I thought he his movement looked good. Um he did the target man thing really well. Uh it paid dividends making the change. Uh and he was so unlucky not that would have been one of the goal of the season contenders if he'd scored that volley. Because he pulled that out of nowhere, really. Mm. It was a stunning effort and it was a great, great save that that needed was needed to stop him having that goal. But I think once he gets his first goal, we're gonna was it was sorry, I'm just thinking about him pulling it out. <laughs> oh um no I'm happy to go along with seven. And then uh, Fletcher was the last sub six. Six yeah. didn't do much. Good to see him back, but didn't do I much. Don't, I don't remember him getting his yellow card. I, I don't remember him doing anything. Seventy fourth minute, he came on in the second, is, um, second minute, and and seventy fourth minute got a yellow card. So um, that must have been all he did. I did like, uh, I did like his hair. It's he's kind of looking, he's looking a bit like an unattended to cheer pet right now. It's um, it's Ted Danson in Loch Ness. If you ever saw that film. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of business going on to distract from the fact that the uh you know the roof is caving in still. Um but there's a lot of business roundabout to kind of <laughs> draw the eye away from that. Oh, Ted Danson and Loch Ness. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I'll take you word for it. <laughs> it is not classic. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> it well, is not classic. Was that sorry? It is not classic. It is not. No, no, it's not. I'm so disappointed. It's um, a bit final accurate. kind of. It's a bit maudlin. Final kind of remarks. I I want to kind of draw back to a um, couple of things. Did you see at the end? Did you see at the end that uh, I, I hope I imagine we probably have the same footage, even though it's just different commentary, possibly. Yeah, possible. Well, we don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to say, did you see Monk and Clotet had a very long conversation afterwards? I didn't see that. No, it, it finished very... They were chatting promptly. for about two about two minutes on the sideline, oh, right. and they apparently ended up with a handshake. Oh, the kiss. When they, I, wish, I wish the camera would have stayed on it for longer, because um, it kind of kept flitting back between that and the you know, players on the pitch, you know, doing the whole, you know, tired handshakes, all that type of stuff. So... I would have loved to have known what they talked about, but they really seem to, to you know, monks seem to kind of be look very, you know, very pointedly, slightly kind of angry. Right. From from what that was that I kind of took from them. I could be completely wrong. You know, it could be pure conjecture, but it was, I really would love to know, like we'd love to know and what's going on in the dressing room and be a fly on many walls in, in life. Um, that would be something I'd love to have known what the conversation with the chat was about. It seemed very, seemed very intent between the two. But apparently ended with a handshake. So maybe that's something turning things around. And uh, just to go back to beef squashed. And to go back to who scored, I want to just drag drag who scored through the mud now. Their match summary, Birmingham strength stole the ball from the opposition. We're strong at finishing weaknesses. Team has no significant weaknesses. Get out of here. They were crap defending. Defending. Their keeper had goal pie all over his face, to quote Alan Partridge. Rubbish. (laughs) God, all rubbish his... which he enjoyed because he's greasy and chubby <laughs> which as we know on different gravy uh rich and i are not uh statues of men um but we're still gonna body shame footballers on yes. this podcast yeah. we're just gonna completely throw rocks in our glass house but, and it's all but... gonna be fine I must say parts of my physique have been likened to the statue of David, but um it's the it's the part that you would really rather not be likened to. Right. Well, um, we should we should probably call it a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got Charlton up next. You got any strong feelings there? It'll be a game of football, Rich. Oh, almost certainly. Right, you are, Ken. Um, we'll be at home. We'll be at home to Charlton on a midweek. It's um, it's really not going to be an advert for the championship. That's my prediction. I I predict pain. I think that's what I'm going to say. Oh dear. I don't. I'm not feeling too optimistic about it. How are you, Rich? How are you feeling about it? A frabtious day, Kalu Kalei. Um, (laughs) I'm just obsessed with the Jabberwock now. Come to my arms, my beamish boy. Um, (laughs) Who who even knows? I don't know what this. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago. We we met. We sort of mentioned in passing the state of the union, and uh, I did my, um, you know, kind of five and a half out of ten Donald Trump impression. But I have no idea what this Wednesday team is capable of. What they're going to do from one game to another. Who Gary Monk is going to pick. Charlton, I expect. Do you know what I expect? Something weird because that's been every game of late. Um, whether that's something weird that 
somehow ends up in as winning, I, I, I couldn't even hazard a guess because I just don't know. I just don't know what's coming next from this team uh, and this this manager. It's baffling again and again. And today was so so strange. First half, I, you would you know, I, but ahead of time, playing a five at the back with Pelipesi nominally at, at right wing back would be the last thing I would come up with on this combination of players. So, mm. you know, let's see what Tuesday brings. I expect to be surprised at, um, you know, 6.45 about what the lineup is. And then hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised come uh, come 90 minutes later uh, at what the final result is. Because <laughs> I, was, I was surprised at how good today was in terms of our, our overall performance, particularly second half. Um, we really looked a decent team against a team in good form. And we were really unlucky not to win. Mm-hmm. So if more of this, more of the second half would be tremendous. And I doubt many teams could cope with us playing as well as we did in the second half. But if we turn up and play like we did in the first 10 minutes, every team in the league can score against us. So who knows? Who even knows? Oh, on that note, I'm going to go and uh, mimsy through the Borough Groves and uh, I'll, I'll let you, uh, Guy and Gimbal, through your through your week, Luke, and uh, wish you a good day. Have a good one, Rich. See ya.